Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Teresa Verdecchio. If you want to find more information about our ministry, please visit us online at www.NewDestinyChristianCenter.com. Now I'm going to do something uh, tonight that I have, to my knowledge, do not ever remember doing. If I've done this before, uh, please remind me. But to my knowledge, I don't remember ever doing this. uh, But as I was seeking the Lord, I felt like that he had led me to share this blog with you. Um, It is by Mario Murillo. I believe that he is a revivalist that God has raised up for such a time as this. And he really um, is a very strong prophetic voice and uh, speaking to our nation and different things that are going on with the current affairs. But uh, when I read this, the Holy Spirit just lit something on the inside of me. And he said, this is where your people are at. And uh, I want you to read this tonight. And so I'm going to read this to you. And uh, depending on what I hear in my spirit, I may give a little commentary on it. Um, Jeanette, great job on the drums tonight. But with that being said, would you please bring me my water? And if you could unscrew that lid for me, that would be helpful. Amen. Please pray for my voice and pastor's voice. Though we are continuing to preach, uh, you know, it's just, there's a, just kind of like an assault going on. So if you would just pray for that, because uh, we prophesy and say that we will have a strong voice all the days of our life. You're going to hear this thing when I'm 96. Amen. That's when I want to go to heaven, 96. I don't know why it's always just been a thing. Maybe because I was born in 69. I just flipped it. I have no idea. But I want to preach long and strong all my days. Amen. And so tonight I'm going to uh, read this for uh, to you. But please do not check out. Amen. I believe that um, there's a prophetic anointing because I felt when it came upon me to read this. I uh, believe that he wrote this uh, with the unction of the prophetic. So just because it's different, trust me, God will show up. He wouldn't lead me to do something and abandon me. Amen. So, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for the word of the Lord. I thank you for your servants, God. I thank you for the body of Christ that is functioning. I thank you that you said that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I thank you for the prevailing word of the Lord that goes forth, God. And even as I read tonight with the prophetic pen uh, put on paper, God, I thank you that it goes and it pierces the hearts of men and women, that you give them ears to hear, God, that you give them eyes to see in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus. So So, Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord. Let it be living. Let it locate, Father God, with accuracy and precision to make a change, God, catapulting them, Lord, into the next season, God, that in this time of enduring, when it would be easy to grow weary and to grow uh, bored, Father God, that we would do the basic things that help us to continue to gain ground and to hold the ground uh, each day, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. He has entitled this, Do Not Throw Tomorrow Away. Do not throw tomorrow away. Can you recall any of the superficial sermons that were preached by celebrity preachers just a few weeks ago? If so, you must realize that preaching that stuff now would come off as banal and inappropriate enough to cause you to cringe. Back then, under the influence of that type of preaching, many believed life was just a bowl of cherries and their toughest test was wondering how long it would take God to refill the bowl. Now they are believing for toilet paper. Those warm and fuzzy sermonettes became useless for life during a pandemic. 
Many are jobless. Many have loved ones who are sick. Their children are home from school and falling behind. The eateries, stores, and coffee shops they took for granted are now either closed or will only hand you stuff through the door. And the churches they used to attend are worshiping online. They stare out the window at a strange new world with no idea how bad it's going to get and if or when things will return to normal. Coronavirus has destroyed their theological innocence. Many are not only done with those motivational pep talks, they have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. They are turning away from their faith and trust in a loving God because they were lied to and they were fed dessert and they have no nourishment to stand under adversity. Those were my words, but I think you'll probably be able to discern between the two. The other extreme this outbreak has led is to the number of believers who now hate the faith prosperity message. They hate it so much that they are rooting for this virus to cause that message to become extinct. And they are every bit as dangerous as the New Age celebrity pastors. The Holy Spirit has given me a warning to pass on to every child of God. And this is where you need to have ears to hear right now. This is the word of the Lord. You had a dream. You had a vision. You were just about to start college, start a business, get married, start a family, write a book, build a building, get a patent on a new invention, or launch out in vibrant ministry for Christ. Then the world seemed to come to an end. The Bible and your God-given vision and dream are not beholden to human circumstance. I'm going to say that again, and you business owners, listen to this. The Bible and your God-given vision and dream are not beholden to human circumstances. All you single people, you that are younger, listen to this. The Bible and your God-given vision and dreams are not beholden to human circumstances. The book that contains the accounts of people who stopped plagues, raised the dead, and blinded armies isn't going to cut you any slack. Do not throw tomorrow away. Now the present reality is screaming at you that none of those dreams will ever come true. You'll never meet anybody. You'll, you're, you're stuck in a house. Everything is just crumbled before you. They say you must downgrade your hopes and dreams to a quote-unquote new normal. And I am so sick of that phrase. You must adapt to a shadow existence. That is a lethal lie from the pit of hell. And I want this blog to be the electrode paddles that will kickstart your visionary heart once again. God is commanding you, do not throw tomorrow away. Again, I will say it. God is commanding you, do not throw tomorrow away. Do you honestly think that God didn't know this was coming when he gave you that vision, idea, commission, or calling? God didn't just sit down and say, oh, well, my child, I guess I won't be able to do what I called you to do. I never factored in this virus thing. Furthermore, just because some have abused the truths of faith and provision, does, does that not change the truth about faith and provision? It does not. Romans 3.3 3 asks a burning question. What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? 
Giving up on faith because of the virus is like losing faith in your gun because a burglar got in your house. This crisis doesn't mean our faith doesn't work. This is what our faith is for. Kenneth Hagin did not get his revelation of the faith message during an economic boom. He got it in the depths of the Great Depression. Hagin saw faith intervene in a time of grinding poverty. Alexander Dowie didn't launch his healing ministry when divine healing was at the was all the rage. He did it after the bubonic plague killed 40 members of his church. After he launched his healing ministry, no one else died in his church, and an international ministry was born. I remember when circumstances and outward appearances caused a great evangelist I knew to back off from an important part of his message. Over dinner, he told me, Mario, the poverty was so great in the Philippines that I couldn't preach prosperity. I corrected him by asking, would you also not preach healing because they were too sick? Don't you dare throw away tomorrow. Joshua 3.5 is your verse. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will work wonders among you. <laughs> Our greatest days are ahead, folks. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will work wonders among you. Joshua 3, 5. What does sanctify mean? It means clean up your act. This is not a time to be stunned by events. It's time to train Prepare, pray, study, and write the vision plainly so that you can run with it. Fan the fading embers back into a roaring flame. This crisis will go away. What will never go away is the regret of what you might have done for God if you hadn't thrown it away. Do not throw away tomorrow. Powerful word. Did you hear God on that? Nothing but the Holy Ghost on that. But I'm going to go back to this part. What does sanctify mean? It means to clean up your act. It's not an indictment, folks. In this time where you're away, in this time where things have slowed down, at about two and a half month mark, the real dirt starts to show. Oh, did all the dusting already. This is where he wants to spring clean the cellar of your soul. That junk drawer that every house has. It's not an indictment. It's an invitation. Come. Why? Because our greater days are ahead. As I said, this is not the time to be stunned due to a pandemic. This is not the time to quit and to grow weary and to just dial it in and to just live in isolation and say, I'm comfortable, I can adapt to this. This is not the time for adaptation. This is the time for maturation. I just heard the Holy Ghost on that. Not the time for adaptation. It's a time for maturation. So what does sanctify mean? It means clean up your act. This is not a time to be stunned by events. It's a time to train so I'm going to ask you, what are you doing to train? It is a time to prepare. We know 
the saying that Pastor Rena constantly says. It says that proper preparation in times of obscurity lead to proper performance while under the limelight. It's what you do when nobody can see. It is the preparation you give yourself to. We know the Bible says, study to show yourself approved, a workman rightly dividing the word of truth. You need not be ashamed. It is not the, the things you do a couple weeks or a week before you're going to prepare a message or you're going to give a teaching or you're going to pray. It's been the hours of preparation behind the scenes. It was not, I'll just use the praise and worship team as an example. It's not what they did tonight. It's what they have done for years of their life and hours and hours and hours of giving themselves and preparing themselves to their craft so that they can bring it to God and present it to him and lead us into the throne room. And wasn't that wonderful to get there? See, what are you doing to prepare? If you do not believe that tomorrow will happen because this virus came in and somehow hijacked your destiny, I'm here tonight to expose a lie. In fact, this is a season and this is the timing to prepare as no other because the days ahead are days that we will live and those that took their time to prepare, they will emerge not, not with any kind of, of pain, uh, the, uh, of regret, but they will emerge with the fruit of what the pain of discipline brought them in the time when it would have been easy just to isolate and to dial it in and say, oh, it's okay. And just you arrive and you come forward with, with no real training, no real preparation. There was really no increase in praying and actually bringing something forth. It was just more maintenance prayer. And for some, not even that. It's a time to study. What's the one thing you don't know about God that you need to know? And if you don't know what you don't know, ask the Holy Spirit, who's the spirit of truth, the revealer of all secrets and mysteries. What do I need to know that I do not know? What is the one thing you've always wanted to show me about yourself that you've never been able to show me? But at this point in time, you can show me. What's the one thing, God, you want me to know about you? And then you go and you study that thing and you look at it and you go after God because you know God by his word and not by your feelings or circumstances. It says, and write the vision. We know Habakkuk says, write the vision and make it plain that those who read it may run. You cannot allow some pandemic that is going to pass in the name of Jesus. This thing came to, uh, to pass through. It is not staying, amen? God is working. He's, beside, he's behind the scenes. And just as we would sing together so many times, even when he, uh, we can't see it, he's working. He never stops working. He never stops working. We thought when everything happened in the great corporate spiritual war that we were all in together, it didn't look like anything was happening. It looked like we were beat on every side. It looked like the enemy was mocking. It looked like the, that the nail was in the coffin. It was over. We were done. And then all of a sudden, sitting in what is now Kids Harbor, was a secretary who happened to see the news, who looked up our church, contacted us, and said, hey, you guys need a church? We have a building. We're getting ready to vote to close. Would you like to come see our church? Just like that, when we didn't even know it was here. I had lived here for, uh, since 2006. I never even saw this thing. And I went down Sproul Road, I don't know how many times. 
Because you don't see it till you see it. Because I believe God kept it hidden for a time and a purpose. New Destiny Christian Center, you got to begin to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and say, come on, this thing isn't even over. It's not over. In fact, we haven't even started. On March 8th, we dedicated this place. And I remember, because I heard it so strongly, when we dedicate a building to the Lord, we don't know what he's going to do with the building. But it is the Lord's. And that from that, this thing happened. And we haven't all been together since. Do you think that took God by surprise? Did he not take us away for a moment out of his jealous love for us and say, you know, the world has you a little too much. Religion has you a little too much. You're used to doing things just a little too, too much your way. I'm going to make you powerless, cause you to lean into me. And in a dark time, in a hard time, in the midst of a pandemic, I'm going to give you a powerful anointing. That is exactly, remember when the Holy Ghost gave me that? Pandemic stands for powerful anointing needed during every moment in crisis. COVID, coronavirus, whatever C you want to pick, put it in there. But he took us away for a moment that the people of God that would stay together, that would remain with the spirit of unity, would not forget the vision that we're called to be an apostolic prophetic ministry that he placed in this five-acre campus to be a revival center so that when he brings us all together at his appointed time, not Governor Wolf's appointed time, not the U.S. government's appointed time, but at his appointed time, he will call, he will draw, and it will. we will come forward, and those that have prepared, those that have trained, those that have prayed, those that have studied, they will emerge and bring forth a ministry that will astound, because without the crisis, you would have never brought forth the calling. If they allow us to open with 25 people, do you think five to six days a week that my voice, that pastor's voice could preach night after night to try to get people in here? Because it's not just going to be our wonderful NDCC people that stayed together, that made it through to the other side. I believe that it's going to be souls of men and women, people that are crying out, people that want real answers, people that need hope, people that need an anchor, people that want to eternal life because with this I'm telling you the spirit of God is going to do something that you have not seen in your lifetime he's going to begin to cause the winds of heaven to blow do not think it a strange thing all the natural wind that is blowing the natural mirrors the spirit the spirit is blowing in a move of God there's going to be an awakening people that didn't want to hear before all of a sudden their ears are going to be open the spirit of deception is going to be broken up of them their eyes are going to cause them to see because the scales are going to be removed and the burning question in the heart yes even in Delco will be what must I do to be saved and there will be an advertising a supernatural anointing a supernatural advertising on this five acre campus where he pours his glory out with a spirit of revival and a shaking and a turning of souls not to be religious, but to become disciples. And many of those that get saved, they will give their life in nations. They will give their life in this city. They will go out and they will go and get people saved. And works everywhere, all in the Philadelphia area, will begin to emerge. Why? Because during a crisis, you had the discernment to realize, I know how I came into this crisis, but I know how I'm going to leave this crisis. I am going to leave anointed and full of 
the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost because when I could have isolated, when I could have sat there and binged on Netflix and watched TV and been bored and just scrolled on Facebook, I put my faith in this book. And I begin to discover a sight of God. I begin to understand the reason for which I was born and the purpose. It wasn't just to exist. It wasn't just to go with the mindless flow of society. But it was a stand up and to go the opposite direction. And to be a clarion voice and a call. To call men and women out of repentance. To interrupt them from the cliff that they're on. That leads to eternal damnation. And to rescue and to save with an urgency. And with a, with a, with an adamacy. With such an odd audacious, bold faith that it gets their attention. It is for the purpose to win souls, to disciple, not to be confused because we realize this world system can change in a moment. People, it's time to wake up in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of being in your homes. Stop the complaining. Stop the murmuring. Stop being nitpicky towards your spouses or towards your children. Stop hating what you have to do. And thank God by his grace that we're still blessed, that we're still able to forge and carve out a life for the purposes of heaven. None of this shocks God. Even as we know, Romans says, for who has known the mind of the Lord and who is his counselor? And he says that he's given us the Holy Ghost who is the counselor. The Holy Ghost will counsel you to help you to bring forth your calling. Please do not be deceived. Please do not just think, I just have to endure this. Please, for a moment, do not act like a victim and think that you're powerless when it feels like everything's being stripped away, when there's an overreach, Lord, when there's dictators. I'm telling you, all God is doing is he set the platform to expose every demonic controlling power so that people would begin to wake up and they'd begin to cry out because when the the people cry out uh, because there's an oppressor you can look at the children of Israel when a Pharaoh like spirit comes in the people groan because they want deliverance Uh, God says that the world does not yet groan for the deliverer so you saint you're going to have to endure you're going to have to buck up you're going to have to get some strength about you because not until they begin to groan and cry out because of the oppression Shall we see a lift in this area? And I don't like that any more than you do. But I'm believing for a breakthrough. I'm believing that in the midst of it, even if they say 25 people go, well, how can you do 25? You know what? I don't have to sit there and say, oh, no, this is too hard. We can go into the mind of Christ and get his will and his counsel and figure it out. It doesn't have to look pretty. It just has to get done. Stop seeing yourself as I've got too many problems and begin to see yourself as somebody that could teach 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 people that you could begin to grow up and say, you know what? I may not know everything, but I do know this, that if you follow me, I know you'll make it to heaven because I can tell you with confidence, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And if there's areas in your life that you don't want somebody imitating, then do what this word of the Lord says, sanctify yourself, get rid of your stuff, clean your act up. Why? Because it's going to demand. People are going to look to you. They're going to say, help me. You have more of Jesus than they even know exists. People are open. They're searching, but there's going to be an openness that comes to this place like you have never seen. 
And I know if you've never seen it, it's hard to even comprehend what I'm saying. I'm also speaking prophetically tonight with the unction of the Holy Spirit. But God is going to help us harvest this area. But what he needs from us, that in this time, not to grow weary, not to just like Pastor said, you kind of show up and slide in. You're not really worshiping. You're watching. No, put that thing on blast and worship. Yesterday, when they began to worship in the front yard, I'm like, well, we're all here. Let's worship. My family's texting me, God help them. I call them all in. Call my son in in Jesus' name. There was great intercession here this morning for prodigals. You got a prodigal. We were praying them in. They just started singing. I said, oh, God, help us. They're not going to be able to hold MDCC back. They're only being held back because they're being obedient and trusting their pastors. My God, these people are hungry. Some lady, because where my house is, there's an alley and there's apartments, opens up the window and she screams at me, happy birthday. I don't know her. I said, hey, these are people from our church. When we're allowed to meet again, you should come. She goes, really? This is a church? And Tiffany's like, I got you. And Tiffany gets all her number and information. That lady just might as well give it up, all right? She's as good as saved. But see, that's a divine appointment that a total stranger would just open their window. She'd probably like, you know how they say friendship is. You see one crazy and you're crazy likes they're crazy. You're like, hey, you want to be friends? That's all that was. She was drawn towards something. I believe it was the anointing because she's divinely appointed. And Tiffany's like, I know where you live now. See, we got to break this religious idea that it's hard. I understand we're in a territory in America that every church planter will tell you is the hardest place. But that's why he chose you and put you here. You will emerge out of this crisis, embracing your calling, or you will emerge that you barely got through. And the people that I know, the people that I pastor, I'm telling you, even as a pastor, I expect people to emerge and to grow and to embrace the challenge and not fall back. Did not the Apostle Paul tell the Philippians from that prison cell, hold what you've already attained. In other words, don't let it slip. Some of your victories have been And your battles have been too bloody to yield the ground back. Nobody's getting younger here. Yesterday reminded me of that. Two weeks ago after color application, two weeks later, it reminds me, I'm not getting younger. You're not getting younger. If you can't bring forth your calling in the secret place, when you are forced to be in your home more than you would ever be, when will you bring forth your calling? It's so easy to think about Jesus. But remember, he said, follow my footsteps. Follow after me. I left you an example. Hebrews says, Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. 
I don't make light of this. Everybody's suffering in some capacity. You know what they say, that if we all threw our problems in the middle of the floor in front of one another, we would all go throw our, go grab our problems back because you only have grace for what you're in. I don't have the grace to walk through what you walk through and vice versa. But this is the time that when we are in a season of suffering and different things going on, to bring forth the sun and to surrender and to yield in a place that you yet yielded and surrendered to. This is the time to realize that your permanent address is in the shadow of Calvary's cross. That the embrace isn't just something when you sin and you confess your sin, go to the cross and repent. But you realize every moment is supposed to be a cross experience for those of us that are maturing in Christ that have decided to pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow him. Will we die to what we want so others can have what, and get what they need? Will we die to our petty pride and foolishness that keeps us from the presence, that hinders us from having an anointing upon our life that will bring people in and bring them to Christ and break bondages off of them? If we could understand what is delayed through our disobedience, I truly do believe we would repent in sackcloth and ashes. God, forgive me. Be merciful to me. As I was praying this morning, Romans 12:1, says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And I know it's been there. It's been there my whole life. But you know how when he highlights what's been there, you get excited. If you're like me, you have struggles. And I sat there and it's just like, bam. And then I thought of a little lesson last week when I had the opportunity to be around my grandson. I went to take him down by the riverbank, had his little brother, had the new pup. And I said a word, and all of a sudden, he just disobeyed. Now, when you have two kids and a pup, all right, you can't for a moment, by a river, not be the one in control. And my strong-willed, prophetic grandson decides to challenge me. And I don't know what world he lives in, but that never even happened with his parents or his his mother or his uncle, all right? And I said, have you lost your mind? I said, get up. We're going up. No, 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 we can't go up. You said we would da-da-da-da. But you disobeyed. You, you lose this because you didn't do what I said. And you're not safe. Go up. He's screaming. He's crying. He's throwing a fit. He's trying to manipulate. I'm like, up the hill. I don't want to hear it. No emotion whatsoever. It was just pure discipline for his character. And then I said, you know, old Papa, because that's what they call my dad. He sent you guys because this was part of the plan. They knew what the plan was. 
he sent you guys money to buy a Happy Meal. And I don't really think it's fair that Gunner is punished because you chose to disobey and not listen and have a bad attitude. So Gunner's going to get his reward, but you're going to sit in the car and you're going to have a good attitude and you're going to rejoice with him because he obeyed and he gets a Happy Meal and you're going to sit there and you're not going to pout because you're going to receive and accept your discipline. He's trying. I can see his flesh. I said, Carson, let let Gammy teach you something. And you're never going to forget this lesson. I said, you did wrong. You disobeyed. And you lost the good that I wanted to give to you. I said, but guess what, buddy? One of my favorite scriptures. It's in Lamentations. And it means to cry, so I get your emotions. not unsympathetic. I'm just not moved by them. So Lamentation says, for we, because of the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. For his mercies are new every morning. I said, so I'll tell you what, I'm going to teach you something. A new day means new mercy. So tomorrow you're going to get up, you're going to do your school. We're going to come right back out here to this park. And we're going to go right back down that trail by that river. And I'm going to give you one more shot tomorrow. And if you can listen to me, I'll give you your shot at McDonald's. I said, because every day you get a new beginning, new mercies. And his eyes got all big. So then he was, Gunner, do you like your food? He was all into it after that. He was, and so he was all excited because he's like, mom, guess what? Tomorrow's new day, new mercies. And he woke up in the morning. His first question, of course, is where's Brownie? After that, he's like, Gammy, you know what today is, right? New day, new mercies. I get a shot again. I said, yep, because that's how God is. Every day, we get a fresh start and a new beginning. You know, that kid cruised through his school books. We went down, took him, took everything. He listened to me so well. He got to do everything he wanted to do. He had a blast. I even let him throw the log, which is a crocodile, into the and float down. I mean, he had a blast. Went up there, got his McDonald's, went home. And when I left, what I was able to impart to him was new day, new mercies. It's never going to leave him. Now, I couldn't be manipulated, or he'd have never got the lesson. And so when I read that this morning, Because, see, this is what the devil does. He gets in our head and he lies. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You ever start out to do something and then you blow it and you just, what's the use? And then, The answer is right there. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, by your own strength, but by mercies that are new every morning, lest we be consumed. I don't care if it's your lifestyle change with your eating, with fitness, with the word, with prayer, with devotion, with fasting, with anointing, with ministry, with calling, with schooling, with career, whatever it is. The key to success is right here, folks.
I appeal to you by the mercy of God. New day, new mercy. Every day you get a start fresh. You get a do-over. Yesterday's gone. Yesterday is in the tomb. As the saying goes, a fresh start every day. So be free tonight of any excuses, of any reasons why you can't. Get rid of the corona can'ts. I can't because of corona. Christ prevails over this thing. It is a season for you to bring forth who you are, what you are, to be reacquainted. Why? By the mercies of God, every day you get a fresh start. I don't care what you did yesterday or how you blew it yesterday. Because of the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Great is thy faithfulness. Compassions that fail not, great is thy faithfulness unto me. Every day, new mercies. And then verse 2 tells you how to do it. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Lord, I need you to renew my mind because yesterday I fell off. What new thought do I need today to keep me on this path to win the day? All we have is 24 hours. All you have to do is the day you're in. And if you can learn to manage and steward that 24 hours, day by day, you'll increase. Day by day. And we know this in Deuteronomy. said little by little. He increases us. Little by little, you win the victories. You can obey yourself out of every mess. People of God, I'm telling you, do not throw away tomorrow. Do not waste the moments today because you're going to have pain. Either you're going to have the pain of discipline or you're going to have the pain of regret. Pain is part of the plan. Which way are you going to go? But I'm telling you, as your pastors, we need some of you. You've been, you're like so called. You're like called for days, called for years. I'm like, oh, you're so called. Get it together. Fall on the mercies every day, all right? Because whether you're together or not, I have a feeling we're going to be so desperate around here that I'm going to grab you and say, can you go in there and teach the new members class? It's okay. We have it all written down. Just read it. And then go find a prayer closet. Get some anointing on your life because clearly during the pandemic, you binged watch something. I don't think it was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Or the Chosen or whatever. But irregardless, we'll fix that. Just, just go in here and teach. You know what will straighten you up? When somebody believes in you like that and you're messing around and playing with your calling. You're over here playing tiddlywinks and you got a devil casting out anointing on your life. Please do not comfort yourself with a lie and an excuse during Corona. But realize, don't throw away tomorrow. And some of you that think this whole thing has ruined my life, there's no prospects, there's no this, there's no that, how is this, how is that? It's what I preached two weeks ago when I was standing behind this pulpit. God is God. Through intercession comes intervention. God's not shocked by any of it. Do you remember what I preached about the man? Lord, I believe. 
help thou my unbelief? Because with man it is impossible. With man, in other words, in the natural, current circumstances, many things are impossible. But with God, nothing or no thing is impossible. This should be a time when faith is being developed. Faith is a muscle. You have to use it or you lose it. Some of you should camp in Mark 11 and get the principle of mountain-moving faith. It says, you'll say to this mountain, be plucked up, be cast into the sea. Not doubting in your heart. That whatsoever, and it shall be removed, that whatsoever things you say, it shall come to pass. What do you say? I'm no good, I'm behind, I'm not going to make it, I need to get it together. That is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's your driving voice with the cousin of condemnation involved. God says, bring it forth. He's there to help you. Because it's who you really are. Please do not look at the circumstances and think you have the wisdom to decide what your life is going to look like. It's a lie. It is a lethal lie that keeps you from preparation and training and prayer and study and vision. The Bible says that without a vision, people perish. Why do you think that lethal lies want to blind your eyes? Because you'll stop preparing. You'll stop making yourself ready. You'll think, oh, well, this has aborted everything. Hasn't. This is a virus that is coming through and it's going to leave in Jesus' name. In spite of everything they're saying, in spite of how people are trying to fundamentally change things, because I'm telling you and I'm telling you by the Spirit of the Lord, that agenda is premature and it is not in line with God's prophetic timetable. And He is about to come on the scenes and push it back. In fact, He's already doing so. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Stop looking at the waves. Stop thinking that you know. The Bible says to, to live in the day you're in, for that day has enough trouble in it. Give God your tomorrows and live for him 100% in your today. And watch how victory begins to change. Watch how your attitude begins to rise. Watch how faith begins to come up. Watch how that, that, that hope that is an anchor on the inside, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But he is the God of all hope. You can put your hope in the God who walks onto circumstances and he does not know any limitation. He knows no boundaries. He is not confined like we're confined. He is sovereign. He's supernatural. He's spinning this whole earth. The orbits. The Bible says the span of his hand. And they find galaxies every day. He is inexhaustible. You cannot figure him out. He is God and he's Jehovah. And what I would submit to you if you feel hopeless tonight. That you need to lift up your eyes. The Bible says in Hebrews 12. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of your faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross despising the shame. I'm telling you lift up your eyes. Look up to Jesus. Put your eyes upon him. Even as Colossians. Colossians 3.1 says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That we're dead and our life is hidden with Christ in God. You are hidden in a God who has no limitations. He does not fear tomorrow. In fact, he prophesied to you those things because you would need courage and strength in the midst of the coronavirus to get you through to the prophetic word. So begin to wage war with the prophecies. It's not the way you go out. You have been prophesied to that you will preach a nation 
nations, that you will minister to people. So therefore, this thing is only temporary. It is not going to stay the same. It is all subject to change when the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua, comes on the scene, who is the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of all lords. He is sovereign. He rules and he reigns supreme. The reason you have no hope is you somehow got your anchor messed up and you put it somewhere else. I'm telling you, the Bible says hope is the anchor of the soul. Put your hope in Jesus, not in the pundits, not in the prognosticators, not in the president, not in the politicians, but in the powerful, omnipotent, omnipresent King of Kings and Lord of Lords who rules and reigns supreme. He is sovereign. He is King Almighty. Bow your life and subject to him. He is the hope. My hope is not deferred. I'm a little impatient, but this is working patience in me. Patience is waiting with the right attitude, not complaining. When I start reading something and I start feeling it, I'm like, mm, better step away from that. I got to step away. My son told me, that's all right, mama, I'll vent for you and you can have a clear conscience. Not really what I'm going for. I'm not going for getting you a clear conscience, but gotta keep your eyes on the prize, folks. Jesus, who for the joy set before us. Because I'm telling you, he's coming on the scene. Remember when we were in that corporate battle? Okay, war. <laughs> that was a war. That was a principality, folks. <laughs> Remember we were in that? There were a few things Pastor and I would always say. One of them was, Jesus always wins. So he's going to win. You're on the winning side. So cast off your depression. Shake yourself off. All right? New mercies. Bring forth your calling. Do not throw away tomorrow. Do not throw away your confidence. Go back to that corporate battle and remember what he taught you. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Teresa Verdecchio of New Destiny Christian Center. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com.